This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog, www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. It's also available at blogs.e7oregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food, which is the mobile version. Saving the planet based on our food choices was the topic of my most recent blog. And it was in response to a news story that's been popular and sort of reiterated by various media over the past few weeks following a major report by a group of experts, nutrition experts, agricultural experts, and environmental experts convened to make recommendations on what humans can do both to improve our own health and the health of the planet. Not surprisingly, it's being called the planetary diet. And another term that people have attached to it is called flexitarian which isn't a new term. It was coined some time ago. And the first time it actually showed up in my blog was in 2007, June 2007, under the headline, Flexitarianism is Really Common Sense. And that post talked a little bit about a popular book published that year, cookbook called The Flexitarian Table by Chef Peter Burley. I was interested in the cookbook for its sort of lovely visual aspect. Of course, some great recipes, but the idea was not new to me. I had been cooking this way, what I consider flexitarian in my own home for almost a decade preceding that based on blood type diet that I discovered and and started following and found it worked really well for me. And the whole premise is that everyone's nutritional needs are different and everyone should eat the way that's most healthy for him or her. And I'm a big believer in that. Of course, the idea that we would all be much healthier by eating many more plant-based foods and cutting back our reliance on animal foods, meat and red meat specifically, is a major recommendation of this panel who are citing the planetary diet. And one of the recipes that I posted in connection with that, it's a recipe, Japanese recipe for Donburi Soboro. And the idea behind it and why I felt like it was appropriate because it uses just a little tiny bit of ground beef stretched over many servings. It's basically about an ounce to an ounce and a half of ground beef per serving, combined with tofu and scrambled eggs. Under the headline, Dish Combines Tofu Egg to Cut Beef Consumption. One of the things I thought I'd do in this podcast is delve a little bit into recommendations for adopting a flexitarian diet. And what that simply means is planning your meals around plant-based foods, fruits and vegetables, and whole grains, which according to our our own government dietary guidelines, the my plate are supposed to compose three quarters of our plate with protein, even a plant-based protein such as beans, other legumes, and nuts 
constituting the remaining one quarter of the plate. So it shouldn't be news to anybody that we all get plenty of protein and probably a a whole lot more than we actually need, which is something I acknowledged in my last podcast. But I sort of came up short on like quick, easy tips for adopting a flexitarian diet other than simply that. Start planning your meals around plant-based foods. I find it misguided and I do see this advice sort of bandied about to adapt your favorite dishes to be meatless. They're just going to fall flat. There's no way around that. If you have a favorite dish, you should absolutely enjoy it the way it's intended to be made. That's what flexitarianism is all about. Have your favorite food once in a while. Have meat once a week, maybe more than once a week if your protein needs are higher. But beyond that, enjoy plant-based foods for what they are and don't try to make over dishes that rely on meat to not have meat. You know, it's it's one thing to make a really delicious chili, of course, that still has all the classic components, chilies and, you know, onion, garlic, um, tomato, other spices to only contain beans. There's any number of very, very delicious vegetarian chilies out there with without meat. You know, that's that's an easy thing to do. But I find it just misguided, for example, to take, you know, sloppy joes, your favorite sloppy joe mixture, and instead replace it with lentils or chickpeas and put it between, you know, inside a bun with some cheese. To me, that just doesn't work. And it definitely is not going to impress family, kids, for whom that's their favorite meal. (laughs) So that's my number one advice is to look for dishes that really celebrate plant-based foods and plant-based protein. And I actually went back into the archives of my blog and found one, a recipe I have prepared in cooking classes that I have taught as a volunteer for access. And the class was on how to use seasonal vegetables, vegetables that are available in winter specifically. And one of the reasons why I chose this recipe is because it relies a lot on potatoes, which are have been in storage, and collard greens, which can sort of take the winter weather out in the fields and get even sweeter for them when they're exposed to a frost. Their starches convert to sugar. Winter can be a really great time to try field greens, sometimes called winter greens. This dish also features chickpeas, which are a really, really great plant-based protein source, of course, all tossed in a really, really delicious, kind of unusual, garlicky, lemony dressing with cumin seeds and caraway seeds and, and all sort of punched up a little bit with oil-cured black olives. It's almost kind of reminiscent a little bit of salad niçoise with the potatoes, with the olives, with the lemony kind of garlicky dressing. And in fact, if you were to substitute a can of really good quality, particularly oil-packed tuna for the chickpeas, you would have something that started to resemble that very classic salad from the south of France, just without the summer produce in it. 
And and that's really kind of where I would like to go with this is, you know, look at this salad as a delicious, meatless alternative, and then think of ways that you can add meat, small amounts of meat, make it interesting, starting with that can of tuna we talked about. It's a natural for bacon, a small quantity of bacon, and you can even toss the cooked potatoes in the bacon fat, pancetta, Italian bacon would be lovely as well. And you can even top the whole thing with a poached egg, just like that classic bistro salad with frise. So there's a million different ways you can go with this to to add protein, to add meat, but starting with the plant-based protein and appreciating it for what it is. And so I'm going to present this recipe in today's podcast for collard green potato and chickpea salad with spiced lemon dressing. And it's originally from the Washington Post. It was posted to my blog on January 7th, 2015. So a little bit more than four years ago under the headline, Scanty Spuds Stretch Winter Greens into Salad. And I can absolutely vouch for this one. It is delicious. It goes far beyond the idea of, you know, having a basic green salad and then either adding tofu to it or adding chicken to it or adding shrimp, you know, being flexitarian that way. It's it's really coherent, well thought out salad, which is how I like to prepare and serve salads. It's a really thoughtful dish. And this one is collard green potato and chickpea salad with spiced lemon dressing. It calls for a pound of fingerling potatoes and about a pound of collard greens, which may may be a, a bunch of collard greens from the grocery store, just depends on weight. If you want to include the oil cured black olives, they add, do add a really, really nice pungent flavor to this. It wakes up your palate. And it calls for five of those that have been pitted. They are going to be chopped and so it's spread throughout the salad. Cumin seeds, caraway seeds, crushed red pepper flakes, a garlic clove, freshly squeezed lemon juice, salt. You can use sea salt if you have that or even just a, a plain um, kosher or just table salt will work just fine. A cup of cooked or canned chickpeas either cooked from dry beans or, or canned is just fine. And a third cup packed cilantro leaves for garnish as well as flesh, freshly ground, cracked black pepper. And so it starts by cooking the potatoes by bringing a medium pot of water to boil over medium high heat, add a generous pinch of kosher salt, and then the fingerling potatoes, a pound that have been scrubbed well. Reduce the heat to medium and cook uncovered just until the, until the potatoes can be easily pierced with the sharp tip of a knife. And that's going to take about 15 minutes. Drain the potatoes and cool them. So meanwhile, while the potatoes are cooking, you can prepare the collard greens. And that's easiest by cutting the tough ribs the stem part out of the center of the leaf and then slicing both sides of the stalk getting rid of that rib or you if you're super thrifty can save that to simmer in stock or broth stack the leaves on your cutting board make a stack and then cut them into thin ribbons. You can also roll them if you find that's a little bit easier. Get into a cigar, that's often recommended for making a chiffonade of basil and 
cut crossways across that rolled up stack of collard green leaves. And these come out just beautiful. I use this technique all the time. It works really well. Rinse them in a bowl of cool water, spin them dry in a salad spinner and transfer to a medium bowl and add the five pitted oil cured black olives that you've chopped to the bowl of chopped collard greens. Now, if the collard greens aren't very tender, if you find them very, very tough, they should be thick and velvety, but there's a difference between that and tough. You can blanch them or steam them first just until tender and drain them thoroughly before proceeding with the recipe, which entails tossing them with the dressing, which we will get into next. I wouldn't recommend blanching the collard green leaves with the potatoes. My kind of shortcut mind went went that route. If that was necessary, I've actually never blanched the collard greens for this recipe. But this is a composed salad. It isn't all tossed together. You're very strategically placing certain components on top of each other. The collard dressed collard greens go on top of the potatoes. So you don't want the starch from the potatoes on the collard greens, if which is why I recommend you don't blanch them in the pot with the potatoes that are cooking. Blanch them separately. So to make the dressing for this salad, which again is a standout, it's really delicious. It starts by toasting the spices. You heat a small skillet over medium-low heat and add the cumin and caraway seeds. That's a teaspoon of cumin seed and a half teaspoon of caraway seed. Cook for about three minutes until they're lightly toasted. You'll know that they are toasted when you can smell them. That happens even before you can see that they've darkened in color. They will become very, very aromatic. Let cool for five minutes and then grind them to a coarse powder using a mortar and pestle. I have a mortar and pestle and I love using it. It just really enhances the tactile experience of cooking, I find. But if you do not have that, you could prepare this dressing in a blender. You could prepare it in a food processor. So you would transfer your spices to that appliance and just pulse them up until they're ground. It might be a little tricky in a food processor with a really large blade, but a blender certainly would work well, or a dedicated spice grinder if you happen to have that. So transfer the ground spices from the mortar and pestle, preferably, to a small bowl and add crushed red pepper flakes to taste. They're recommending a quarter to a half teaspoon crushed red pepper flakes. I like things spicy, I would say, anywhere in that realm, half teaspoon certainly would, would be some heat you would taste in this. So the spices for this dressing, because we haven't proceeded any further, can be toasted and ground three days in advance and put in an airtight container at room temperature. But they really don't take any time to toast. So that's really not a huge concern. Using the same mortar and pestle that you use to grind the cumin and caraway seeds, mash up the garlic, one clove that's been peeled, obviously. Mash it with the pestle to a paste, and then add to that one tablespoon plus one teaspoon of lemon juice. I find that more lemon juice is often better on my palate. So it doesn't have to be exact. You know, if it's about the juice of a lemon, 
You know, I think an average lemon has about anywhere between a tablespoon to two tablespoons of juice. Just, just add that. Stir in the pestle and add a half teaspoon of salt. Again, kosher salt or sea salt if you have that is nice. Mixing until the salt's dissolved. Transfer that from the mortar to a bowl and then slowly whisk in two tablespoons plus two teaspoons extra virgin olive oil. Again, this doesn't have to be exact. I often like a little less oil in my dressing. And certainly if you were going to substitute some bacon into the salad and toss potatoes in the bacon fat, you could get away with a little less. Most people cite a one-to-one ratio of acid to fat in salad dressings. I like a little less than one-to-one airing on the side of more acid. And you should have added those toasted and ground spices to the vinaigrette, the, the lemon dressing at this point. Once the potatoes are cool, cut them into bite-sized chunks and add to the bowl along with the chickpeas, that cup of cooked chickpeas. You want to add a tablespoon plus two teaspoons of the dressing from the mortar to the bowl of collard greens and olives and use your hands to toss those greens gently until the dressing is well incorporated and then pour the remaining dressing over the potatoes and chickpeas along with another quarter teaspoon or so of sea salt just to ensure that the flavors are bright. Potatoes take a lot of salt. Use a spatula to fold it all in until it's well coated. And the plating part of this recipe is the really fun part. Aside from making the dressing, (laughs) you want to sort of arrange the potatoes and chickpeas. I mean, this is kind of scatter, but just make a nice bed on each plate of potatoes and chickpeas. And then mound on top the collard greens and the olive mixture and garnish each plate with the fresh cilantro leaves. It calls for a third cup packed. And so you can distribute that between the the plates. This makes two really large dinner size servings or four small sort of side dish or appetizer servings. Season it lightly with freshly ground black pepper if um, your diners care for that. You care for that? I do. And again, this is a really, really cohesive plant-based, I would consider main dish salad with the potatoes, with the chickpeas. It's hearty. The flavors are interesting. It's not trying to live up to some kind of dish that typically has meat in it. Although this is a great starting point for adapting it to contain some protein, either again, a can of tuna would be nice in lieu of the chickpeas or some chopped and cooked bacon. Again, gild the lily with a poached egg on top. I often do this time of year, which is really, really delicious as well. So that is collard green potato and chickpea salad with spiced lemon dressing from January 7th, 2015. And you can find that recipe by selecting from my blog's archives from the drop-down menu on the right-hand side of the page. Select January 2015 and page down to the 7th. And looking for the headline, Scanty Spuds Stretch Winter Greens into Salad. 
give it a try for a hearty plant-based meal using seasonal vegetables. And thank you for listening to The Whole Dish.